Real World Podcast is a conversation to bridge the gap between baby boomers and millennials, and we don't pretend to be experts in any of the matters we discuss. My name is Bobby. And my name is Brian. <laughs> hey, Brian. Brian is my son. He is my youngest son of three boys. So I, I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> I, there's something I need to tell you, Brian. I thought I had four brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay, if you joking. could just see the look on my face right now, I'm like, no. Well, you have many brothers in Christ, right? Yes. Exactly. I have four. Right. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> I'm just joking. Well, hey, I hope everybody's doing well today. And uh, how are you doing today, Bri? I'm doing pretty good. I'm a little bit sore from going to the gym a bit more. Oh, are you going to the gym? Started yep. back at that, huh? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But doing well, just take it easy. Uh, don't overdo it because you got to build. You gotta, that's a gradual thing, right? I don't think I've been going for more than like 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. 30, 35 minutes because mm-hmm. I just got my current size. I want to be as careful as I can. Sure, sure. And just yeah. acclimate myself to it. Well, the interesting thing with the diet that, that we're on is like we're not allowed to exercise like until we get till we lose our get to our goal weight. Mm-hmm. So um, that's the tough thing. We actually bought a new gym system called the Total Gym and um, to do like strength training and things like that. And I can't do it. Because I'm told not to. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least so. you're getting slimmer. Well, I uh, um, so far so good. You yeah, know, following the following the rules and doing what I got to do. I should probably have told you that you look good earlier today. Oh. Just, just because I did notice oh, that you did lose some weight. I did about eleven pounds. So nice. Yeah, thirty more to go. <laughs> is it is it crazy to you that uh I that your uh, the amount that you still want to lose is. Uh, less than the amount I've lost in the last month and a half. Wow. Yeah, that is crazy. That's crazy. Right, you're right, doing good. Yeah, right you're now I'm good. about 35. So so your your um, current uh, eating routine is, let's see, rice, broccoli, and eggs. Brown <laughs> rice or cauliflower primarily rice. Primarily. Cal- okay. And I uh, dice up some broccoli and put it in with about three or four eggs, and mm-hmm. I eat that. Okay. Uh, what about jalapenos? You don't put that in? I always put jalapenos. Oh, okay. I've also been buying avocados. Oh, yeah. Oh, got to have the avocado. Avocados well, are honestly... makes everything better. Because I can't have like sauces like I normally right, do. Right, right. But they, avocados so avoc- make everything better. But hey, you are not... I shouldn't... I'm not going to tell you that I've discovered... Um, What's it? What's the name of the barbecue sauce that we like? Baby Ray's? Yeah, sweet Baby Ray's. There is a sugar-free <laughs> Baby Ray's, and it's really, really good. I'll have to look at it. Like, I seriously, I, I if, bought if, a if, bottle uh, and I it just, I mean, you still don't want to use a lot. No, totally. But it's like, I want to say 15 or 20 calories for two tablespoons. I mean, that's really, really good. You know, that's something like you could even just take a tablespoon and put it on your chicken. And boy, we really digress because we're not here to talk about <laughs> we're not food, here to, this, this is now a cooking podcast. This is now a cooking podcast. We for, have uh, changed it. <laughs> for Optavia and diabetes and all sorts of other things. Right. Well, we want everyone to be healthy, though. And, you know, it, it, it's do. actually just a good reminder that, you know, we have very we have uh, three different aspects to our, our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Our bodies. We have a physical we have the mental and we have the spiritual and we totally. need to take care of all of those. Yeah. And I think that's a, a decent little segue is a big part of raising kids up is to, uh, making sure you teach them how to be healthy at the beginning. Absolutely. <laughs> Abso- absolutely. Absolutely. Um, uh, Cause today that is our topic. Uh, it be, is. Be kind, I kind of, di- I kind of, I like uh, that title raising us. kids up. Let's sure. Let's call it that. We're going to call it Raising Kids Up. I hope I forget, and so that way I call it something slightly no, different. No, we're going to call it Raising it? Kids <laughs> Up. <laughs> Please. Because <laughs> I, it, 
my names were long and I'm like, oh, I love raising kids up. That's, that's good. That's really good. Okay. So with that, um, uh, should we maybe talk about a little bit of what kind of started the interest in looking into this topic a little bit? Um, sure. Go ahead. Sure. Uh, so I am very heavily involved in kids ministry and youth ministry. Uh, I've been involved with anywhere between kindergarten and 12th grade for the last few years. And even before sandals, uh, I was in heavily involved in kids ministry then. And I've talked to so many kids who will say something like, I can't watch Pokemon. My parents say it's like of the devil. Or I can't watch X show because it's of the devil. Or I wasn't allowed to do play this game. Or mm-hmm. it's not to say like you shouldn't have some restrictions on kids, obviously. But I think there are certain shows where it's like, really, you're, that's the hill you're gonna die on. Is you're gonna make this like normal show like Pokemon? This is super normal. Almost every kid watches it at some point. It's fantasy. Yeah, it's just fantasy. It's, it's fantasy. about a bunch of kids learning moral lessons as they play with animals with superpowers, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, right. I mean, it's yeah. not disrespectful in any way. They're not like, um, I mean, I remember when you guys were little, I, uh, what was it? I, when you guys started, you know, you were playing video games. Um, I had issue with Grand Theft Auto because you could have nude women and, and cursing and all of this. And I'm like, they yeah. don't need to have this. And you could like kill cops and, and you could kill co- do I mean, drugs, all sorts of terrible right? things. So I said no to Grand Theft Auto. I remember that. Um, we certainly didn't let you watch a lot of like movies or things like that, that had those things in it. I mean, it wasn't necessary. I and mean, when, once you were a teenager, it's a little different, yeah, you know, but is. not as a child. Like, like, like I remember, uh, uh, they, they, I will leave them unnamed, but I remember the, the day dad said, fine, you can buy Grand Theft, Auto, Grand Theft Auto for the first time. And it was because every time I had this one friend, he had it and his parents didn't care. Every time I'd go to his house, that's all we would play <laughs> for hours. Of and course. we never did it for like to see like a naked girl and we never did for any of those reasons we just thought it was mindless destruction and it was fun Mm. uh which is like the epitome of what a middle school boy enjoys (laughs) Uh, unfortunately though i think sometimes children don't have healthy environments and um and and they do not i mean they act out on these things like they don't they can't separate you know fact from fiction um they just can't and so I think some of the video games have been so, oh goodness, um, just disrespectful to um, various genders, to races, to, I mean, a number of things. And I think we have to be careful. And I think it's our duty as parents to make sure that we create an environment that's going to protect and really um, support their health yeah because it's it's important uh from my perspective because it's like i i was by the time i started playing a game as awful as grand theft auto uh because i need to emphasize that i do know that it's awful but i also know that i understand why it can be fun for a lot of kids too like because i played it and i found it i mean come on who doesn't want adventure right both men and women want adventure and i would say especially men i mean that we learned that in wild at heart we've talked about that before I mean that men want adventure, but women want adventure too. And I think that when you have the opportunity to do those things, I mean, that's why video games are so inc- so exciting because you can kind of just go to a different place. It's an totally. escape. Yeah. It's an escape. And what I was kind of going to, was what I was going to say was when, when you're exposed to something that is like, we can say pretty definitively like, okay, the things in this game is pretty evil or pretty sinful to some capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's important for a parent to say like, okay, I understand why you like this game. I understand why all your f- friends are into it. 
I don't like that you're playing it, but all, it's like it's your choice. But it's also the parents' job for the most more than anything else to be explaining like this is why it's bad. This is why you shouldn't Absolutely. play it. This Absolutely. is and not 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 just say no, but to explain like yeah, this is this is bad. And mm-hmm. I think if you just say this is of the devil, that that doesn't do it, anything. It, that, that doesn't help. That doesn't, it doesn't help. help. And no. it's been fact, so many anything, times. This it could cause so the kid many. to want to do something. Yeah, right? Totally. Isn't it? Don't you remember? I mean, it was kind of like if a parent tells a child not to do something, then they're going to do it. Absolutely. I mean, I that's mean, why whenever I was talking about whenever I went to that friend's house, that's right. why we played of this. Course, it is because whenever I was like. Do I look shocked? No. <laughs> whenever I was no. like seven or eight and you guys walked in on, was it Scott or Jake playing it? And I don't remember. you guys got very upset because you walked in on him doing just terrible things. Uh, okay, but <laughs> and let's... it was just, it was okay. So I know now I knew it was forbidden and I didn't know anything else about it. So of course it was like, oh, you're allowed to play it? Oh, cool. Now I can like understand why this is bad and why I can't play it. Oh, this is fun. And yeah. Okay. So, so <laughs> while we, we look at these kinds of things, electronics, and we, we say, okay, they're of the devil. <laughs> you know, I don't know anybody who really says that, but I'm sure there are many that do. <laughs> but then I think, yeah. okay, yeah, we want to encourage our kids to do physical play. Well, I'll never, ever forget you were 10 years old and you went to your friend's house. We're not going to name any names here, but you know, affluent family, both attorneys. And he goes there and they just let the kids go off and do paintball uh right, was, shooting each other i was 13 and it was airsoft but oh. same same idea i, I was in seventh grade no you i were? uh no okay. th- when i was 10 we went teepeeing oh that's right okay <laughs> that was great at 10 years old they're teepeeing houses but at 13 so they get to just kind of go wherever they want they go down the road to this empty vacated barn or chicken coop. chicken coop yeah and one of the kids got shot in the eye he had to go to the hospital he was in there for like a day <laughs> It was Goodness. terrible. That was actually also the occasion where you guys said, we're getting him a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. That is the occasion that you did get a cell phone from that. It yes. was, we can't allow this to ever happen again. <laughs> yeah. So so cell phones are good. Another example, you know, of something that, you know, the child has got to be responsible enough to be able to have a cell phone. One, I mean, to be able to retain it because kids lose things all the time. I mean, these things are expensive. Oh, yeah. But um, not only that, but it's like you, unfortunately, there's just so many piranhas out there and, you know, you really have to set parental controls. But here's the thing. I'll bet you the kid knows how to program the phone better than the parent. So even if you put parental controls on it, the kid's going to figure out how to do it. Maybe with this current generation raising up, that's not quite the same anymore. Maybe not. Maybe Just because a lot of the people probably are now familiar with like iPhones and other uh, high-tech phones and devices. Right. But speaking of parental controls, I mean, that's like one of the important things is like being able to regulate, know what your kids are doing, buying, uh, looking at. Their friends. Who their friends are. It's important to know who their friends are. And we have to make sure that the world is not our kid's teacher. We need to be the primary teacher. And so, you know, when you think about school, and I have a lot of friends that are teachers, both in the public and the private um, institutions. And, and I tell you, some parents, it's their belief that it's like it's, it's the teacher's responsibility to teach their kids. And it's like, no, 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 no. The, the school is it's, an extension yeah. of the home but the home is the primary place where children should be learning everything. Yeah, that's that actually kind of connects to something I was going to bring up maybe a little bit later. But have you heard about the 
bill that was passed by the Board of Education this last month. Which board? The, with the, local? the, Calif- yeah, the California's Board no. of Education, mm-hmm. where statewide they're going to, for ethnic studies and like learning more about like different cultures past. Uh, for their in their exact reasoning was to bridge the gap between ethnic minorities and celebrate and honor Native peoples. They're going to be teaching about four Aztec gods. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Yeah, so we can teach about Aztec gods, but we can't teach the god of the universe, the creator of everything, because that would be, you know. Because that's a a state religion. Right, right. We we have to have that separation of church and state. Like one of the things supposedly kids might be tested on is they have to learn to chant. Okay, yeah. (laughs) This is uh, I don't think it would be a very long lesson, but it's. It's not good. World religions, I have no problem with, and I have no problem with them even doing these things, but not in the way that you're saying. Like they don't need to learn a chant. They, uh, they, well, I, well, I, well, specifically for those of you who might be unfamiliar with the Aztecs, a lot of times, current, uh, especially with during cancel culture, there's a decent amount of people who look at the conquistadors, and they see there are these white colonials who come in with imperialism and they massacre the natives. Uh, and there's an aspect of truth to that. The, the, a lot of the conquistadors, especially the Spanish, like they were very much violent towards the natives. A lot of people who were co- coloni- uh, colonists ended up being violent towards natives. But the conquistadors, specifically interacting with the Aztec, the reason they beat the Aztecs was because all the surrounding native tribes were pleading for them to save them. Uh, because all those tribes were being oppressed and enslaved like the when the conquistadors came over to Mexico and tried to defeat the Aztecs, the Aztecs were essentially fascists. They were sacrificing people on the daily in multiple of them. And that's actually one of the gods that they have to learn about is the god who did sac- human sacrifices, uh, which is just awful. Like, you're gonna like, I understand from a historical perspective, but not to bridge the gap. Like, if you want to talk about uh, trying to not teach students about like uh, evil, oppressive things, like they like a lot of more left leaning uh, ideologies, or uh, especially like California's education uh, system, would be advocating for. Like this is not the native peoples or native faiths that you would be teaching. Not the one that sacrificed people. Not the one that literally all the other natives said, "Yeah, they're evil." I am not surprised. <laughs> We're talking California education. It, it was yeah. It was just like, like yeah. God, come on, guys. Yeah. Well, we're just like completely upside down here in California. Our educational system, you know, back in the 60s, the 50s, California was number one in education. Like everyone aspired to be like California. And now we're like 50 out of 50. It's pathetic. It's it's absolutely about the teachers unions and what's good for them. They don't care about the kids. Yeah. It's all about power. And it's just so wrong. Uh, it's just so wrong. And I have friends that are teachers or spouses of friends that are teachers in other states. And, and it, the system is so different. In fact, in, in their case, um, it's like the teachers aren't protected at all. And and so you, it, there's got to be a balance there. Yeah. You know, we want to protect the kids and the parents. And, you mean so, and the teachers? I'm sorry. The, yeah, and the parents. <laughs> and the parents, <laughs> the kids, too. The par- that's true. I mean, with, with, with COVID, I think that that's really shined a light on our educational system and how important the parents are in the process. Um, but it's also revealed uh, to my teacher friends how how not involved parents yeah. are in the process. And it's really unfortunate. I can't believe that parents don't care about what their kids are learning in school. I, I have to admit this. My parents had no clue what I learned in school. Like, they weren't involved at all. 
like I did it all on my own. Fortunately, I wanted to do well in school and I did well in school, Mm -hmm. but I could have easily, like my brothers didn't, um, you know, because they didn't care about it and my parents didn't really get involved. And so it was kind of like we were on our own when it came to school. I can't even imagine that approach. You know how involved I was in school. Like I helped in all of your classes. I mean, I worked full time, but I still made a point of being able to help Mm -hmm. in your classes at least every other week. And that made me feel a part of it. And I knew what was going on. Mm -hmm. And so I would strongly encourage parents of young children to be helping in the classrooms when you can. Totally. You Uh, know, like one of the things uh, RCDS did uh, was that every single day uh, from kindergarten to eighth grade, they sent you with this little calendar thing and you had to learn to write what you need to do in each class mm-hmm. and you needed to have your parents sign it every day every single day every day and uh, it was up to the child even in first grade they had to write down what the what they had to do yeah i don't i don't remember if kinder i, I, I didn't go to there for kindergarten you, you went somewhere else for kindergarten yeah but i don't i think they also had to do it for kindergarten as well mm-hmm. uh they might not have i could be wrong on that uh-huh. But then after you brought it home, then the teacher also had to sign it. Right. And then that became a big part of your like mm-hmm. end of semester grade. And that just keeps you all in sync with each other. So yep, totally. So I think um yeah, I have no idea what happens in the public school system right they now don't with that do regard. That. They don't do that. <laughs> they don't do that at all. But I think what it is what is important is that I mean, as a parent, um, we need to be intentional about raising our children. And I think what we need to think about is we talked about eternal life here um, a couple episodes ago. We need to be thinking about we're not raising children, but we're raising adults. So we're raising these little young'uns to become responsible adults. Definitely. And you don't get to let them screen and whine and and scream and whine and, and try to get their own way and give in to them because what does that teach them? That teaches them to scream and whine in the real world yes. until they get what they want. You just, that it does not, you have to teach kids as babies. Yeah. I don't even mean as children, as babies, as toddlers, you cannot allow them Definitely not. to be disrespectful. You can't allow them to rant and rave and scream. And um, yeah. that's there, a challenge. Just, just saying that reminded me of a story uh, with one of my friends. He had a cousin who had a son who lived with them for a little while, for a few years. And every time this boy did not get what he wanted he would just scream at the top of his lungs like if he was like <laughs> being dragged off to god knows where did they give in to him uh repeatedly yes that's why he did and, it because and, it was effective yeah it was right? effective and sometimes he would just get bored and he would just do it mm-hmm. he would just make that this right, like this nuclear alarm almost kids need discipline and kids want discipline they need to know there are boundaries like yes it's very uncomfortable for them to just scream, right? I mean, like, it really is because they don't even know. Like, it's like they're trying to get your attention. Yes. And, like, you need to give them boundaries. They need to know from the time they're little, 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 yes. what the rules are. I remember, because I've always been big on personal freedoms and personal responsibility. And whenever I was in high school, I was kind of already living in those ide- like those kind of ideals. Uh, but I remember I was talking with a youth pastor, Nick, once about one of our youth students, and he told me, like, no, 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 like, you maybe were a bit different in high school, but even these high schoolers still crave that sense of discipline, that sense totally. of normalcy. 
mm-hmm. uh, especially when they're not getting it. Well, I think maybe even more so in high school because simply there's just, you know, there's so many options for kids now and especially yes. with, with social media and everything. Social media completely distorts real life. Um, and, and so, you know, they look to social media and it can be really depressing for some kids because they think, oh, look how great this person's life is over here. The thing is, we thought that too, when I was growing up 50 years ago, but we didn't see it everywhere. Yeah. You know, it wasn't reported everywhere. You you guys heard like maybe some rumors or. Exactly. But it wasn't like it's right there in your face, on your phone, on your computer. We didn't have any of those. Pardon me. We didn't have any of those things. So like now it's even especially challenging for kids because they have that like all around them. Yeah. And it, it also always comes into the form of something like memes where mm-hmm. they're exposed to things that they probably shouldn't. And it's like, oh, no, this here's this funny thing. But the funny whatever the funny thing they're trying to show each other is really something that's messed up. Like I had one of my uh, youth group students get their Instagram account deleted and their phone taken away for quite some time uh, because they were looking up memes on Instagram, but all the memes are hyper inappropriate. Like very, very, like some of them were even pornographic memes. It wasn't for the purposes of looking up pornography, but it was, it was a meme and the meme had pornography in it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it was like, well, that clearly distorts Mm -hmm. so much. I found this um, one site and I I really like this person's approach. It's the joyfilledmom.com. And her, th- these were her keys to raising kids. It was you need to plant the seeds, and that means you need to encourage the kids in the Word of God and, you know, um, read verses to them, read books to them that include verses and, and how it is that they should live, basically. Yeah. So that's the first thing. The sec- second thing is to have healthy soil. So it's like we need to protect their environment. We need to make sure that we are protecting them from that those outside influences that are, that are negative. Um, the next thing is that we need to give them plenty of water, and that's to encourage and praise them with good behavior. And so yes. when we encourage yeah, them, definitely. we're encouraging them before, through, and after they do something so yes. that they have continued encouragement then direct sunlight, S-O-N, and that's um, when they sin, then you like go back to the Bible, you go back to Jesus, and, and, and ask you ask for forgiveness, you teach them about that, and again, direct them how they should go. Um, tend to the weeds, we watch for bad habits, and we re- redirect them, because they're going to be in this world, so yeah. they're going to get bad habits. They are. You know, and I think just by nature they are. I mean, we have to... We have to be intentional about doing the right thing. It's yes. so easy to do the wrong thing for all of us because our flesh wants some, nothing good. Yeah, and I think I think there's something else important kind of going to the soil. We we're talking about protecting the kids, making sure they're growing up in a rich environment. Obviously, rich being like morally and spiritually healthy, not mo- not monetarily. Well, this... Uh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, but I think a part of that is we also want to be careful about being overprotective as well, because that's something we haven't quite I'm said. I'm good at that. Uh, <laughs> I would actually say you're not overprotective. Really? Oh, well, you that's good very, to hear. Because you always let me like watch Pokemon. You always let me get involved in things or do things that would be considered normal for my age. Mm-hmm. Uh, and well, that's there's, good to hear. there's a lot of kids who get overprotected uh, mm-hmm. and they just don't. Like, they just don't know what to do or how to handle. Like, I remember one of my friends was dating a girl in high school and early college who was super, grew up in a bubble. And for one of his birthday presents one year, he asked to, uh, if she could buy him Grand Theft Auto 
or like a game like that. Or it was something like that where it was just kind of just violent, mindless fun. Mm-hmm. And of course, like we said, it's not a good game. But she was so opposed to it. That's that's, that's when she started debating whether or not she wanted to break up with him. <laughs> and it's like, that's such a odd thing to break up with someone Maybe over. Maybe she's not around guys, though. Like, if you're not around... Because there is a different way of thinking. And like that oh, kind yeah, totally. of thing... Like, generally girls aren't into video games in the same manner not that they won't play them or don't like them but it's not the same yeah and especially those kinds of games i mean guys just like that stuff and having had three sons and having had two brothers you know i i just know that that we think differently and so she probably just didn't realize that they needed that adventure i I think that's that escape that's i think that's part of that's definitely true but i think there's also a big part that like she wasn't allowed to watch rated R movies, even with her mm-hmm. parents. Like her parents didn't even watch them. Mm-hmm. Uh, she, right. but you know like, what? That's oh, not such a bad thing because there's, there's, it's kind of like whatever we put into our head. You know, it's like it ultimately finds its way out somehow. And yeah. so I, I can respect the fact that the whole family doesn't think that's a good idea. But and I can, I can, I can respect that too. But the problem comes whenever they're not exposed to it at all. I understand that. Yeah, and, and then that becomes they an issue. They don't know what to do. They don't know mm-hmm. what to do. They don't know how yeah. to handle real life. They mm-hmm. become very socially awkward. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's all sorts of circumstances. Like I've had a lot of students. I mean, but I say a lot. I mean, not a lot, a lot. But I, I've probably had at least ten to fifteen students that I've talked to mentored or something in some way or some capacity where their parents are too overprotective and they don't know what to do mm-hmm. when they encounter certain right. things that are just common they're too for sheltered. others. They're too sheltered. Yeah. Right. And we, yeah. It's, and I, I think one of the big things is this is actually an avatar quote uh, from avatar, the last airbender, a pretty famous <laughs> cartoon, which is honestly, if you do have kids, I love avatar, the movie. Uh, it was awesome. No, this is, this is I'm a cartoon. Saying, I don't know the cartoon. I'm yeah. just saying I love the movie. Yeah, this is totally different. This is not that Fantasy, movie. Fantasy, though. This, this is an entirely different setting. That's like sci-fi. This is like the more typical Lord of the Rings kind of fantasy. Oh, okay. Uh, not in the same vein, Never exactly. really watched all of Lord of the Rings. No, you either. can talk to Dad about it. Dad watched Avatar with me every day for a couple okay. years. Okay. Uh, but. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> now I know which one it is. Uh, the kid with the dark hair. Yeah. yeah he yeah, had a scar yeah, on his eye. Yeah, and then there's yeah. another kid with an t- yeah. arrow tattoo on mm-hmm. his head. So speaking of a good cartoon. I was busy cartoon, making dinner or something. I don't know. Yeah, it was a good, awesome cartoon. Any kid <laughs> should, working, should, be able, should be allowed to watch. Uh, I totally forgot. Oh, so the quote as near the end of the world, speaking of the Avatar, he's the bridge between people and the spirit world. Okay. And uh, he's being advised by one of his last incarnations. And this lady says, yes, you are the Avatar. You're the bridge between worlds. And, you, and, and you're uh, this specific religion, so you're supposed to be separate from the world. But because you're this, you're connected to the world all the time. And essentially, what I the way I kind of changed it is, okay, we're Christians. We're supposed to be separate from the world. But as long as we're on this earth, our duty is to the world. Mm. And just because we need to care for our own holiness uh, doesn't mean that we can't not expose ourselves to some extent to these things, even if we don't like them. Just because then we're unprepared, we don't know how to handle them, uh, and that could harm our spiritual faith later because maybe we talked about like the kids who they, they end up like getting too attached to those things later because they never had it or they just are really awkward or they don't know how to do things because they're too sheltered uh, and they're just not prepared for life or for how to handle these more difficult situations or things. 
Well, I, I mean, I, I agree with that, and I think that that kind of is a segue into my last point that I was just talking about through the Joy-Filled Mom, where she was going through, it really was kind of a um, a kid version of the parable of the, sow- of the sower. I noticed. Right, You noticed that? Um, and the parable of the sower, um, that can be found where? It is, let's see, is it, where is the parable of the sower? I don't have the reference here. <laughs> Uh, it's not good. Do you know, Brian, where it is? Off the top of my head, I'm going to guess it's either Matthew or Luke, and I'm going to guess, like, chapter 18-ish. Okay. Um, I'm here, like, well, that said 13, so maybe it might be. It might be I earlier. just have the verses. I don't have where it came from. I was thinking it was Matthew, but I'm not sure. Um, so sorry about that. But anyway, so getting back to the last point, and kind of goes back to what you were saying, Brian, is to again we're to grow kids to become responsible adults so once they've gone through all of these steps where we've planted the seeds we make sure there's a healthy environment healthy soil there's we give them plenty of water to grow um we direct the sunlight when they sin we lead them to jesus and ask for forgiveness we tend to the weeds we look for those bad habits and redirect them and then finally, we repot for growth, and that's where we give the kids an opportunity to share their faith. Well, if we if they don't know anything about the world, it's going to be pretty tough for yes. them to share their Definitely. faith um, to really make a difference because they're not even going to be able to relate to these other people at all. Like, how could I say, uh, hey, my, if whenever I have a kid, like, hey, you're not allowed to play Grand Theft Auto. And he goes, why? Well, how would I know why it's bad if I haven't encountered it in right. some way? Right, right. Because I know it would just be dumbfounded and, and go, mm-hmm. we either know because I said so or no, I can't and, and <laughs> I can't explain why. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also wanted to share a couple quick things. Did you want to add anything else? No, I think that's pretty good. I, th- I didn't know whether we wanted to just kind of generally want to just give a general synopsis of the parable of the sower. Uh you, yeah, we can if you want. Well, it's kind of long. It's, but it's 23 just, verses, Matthew well, I, 13, it, 1 through 23. Okay, it is. But, I mean, can you just do like a real quick summary of that? Uh, uh, there was essentially a sower is a farmer, is someone who's going around planting seeds. He tossed some seeds off to, I don't even remember all the things off the top of my head. There's the rocky ground. Right, some fell on rocky places. Uh, um, some came up, the plants were scorched, they were... And then they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, and which grew up and choked the plants. And then still some fell on good soils yeah. where it produced a crop. Yeah, and each of the three uh, bad situations were different ways uh, that people... Uh, well, one was good situation. Two I'm saying bad. the one others. Was good. The other the two. Other. Where uh, there's like one is the world... Wow, that was not good. That was my, his my alarm. alarm. <laughs> uh where the world kind of consumed them up uh, whenever they started to mature. Another one is they just never had choked out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And I think there's actually one more as well. Um, Uh, Well, it's no, that's the good one. It's all the other seed fell on good soil where it produced crop. Some reason I was thinking there was four, Mm -mm. Uh, but yeah, that's the gist. No, you're right. The first one was he scattered the seed and some fell along the path and the birds ate it. Yeah, and the birds ate it. You're right. So there's like three that didn't work out and one that worked out. Yeah, and it's, it's just to say that how involved you need to be. You need to make sure you're caring 
for the child it's like and then the child is effectively being compared to a plant mm-hmm. uh i mean of course the parable of the good sower is meant to be about preaching and evangelizing and saving people mm-hmm. uh but mm-hmm. to some extent, that's also part of the reason why we're tra- raising up kids in a certain way. Exactly. Uh, right? We because want them to know Jesus. We want them to share their faith. I mean, the whole point. And have faith. Right. Because there's a lot. Of, I mean, I went to a private school. There's a ton of kids who are raised up in faith, but they d- they turned away from it as mm-hmm. soon as they hit college. Mm-hmm. The, it's uh, true. It's uh, the single most uh, the single most difficult thing that prevents a kid from keeping their faith after they graduate high school isn't like any sort of. Uh, teaching it isn't any sort of liberal ideology or conservative ideology it's not any sort of thing other than sex mm-hmm. uh, every single person who's starting to question their faith is after they've had sex for the first time they go wow this was really fun <laughs> why can't i do this why is this bad mm-hmm. uh, well because the lord says so and <laughs> and and i mean he created it for a specific purpose between one man one woman when, yeah in, in marriage. marriage to help understand the bond right of people as well as between himself with exactly, the Trinity. With the, with the church, yeah, and with the with the, the other members of the Trinity. Uh, the other parts of members doesn't sound quite right, but um, the other thing I wanted to mention is how, like, as you were just saying, whereas we don't want to shelter everybody from everything, you know, we're trying to teach kids to be responsible, right? So we have to let them oh, yeah, make decisions. Definitely. Like, we have to let them fail at things. We we, we cannot, you know, um, what's that term? I'm trying to think of it's like um, where every kid gets a trophy, you know? Oh, you know? Uh, participation. Yeah, participation trophy. It's like kids need to learn that they're not going to be good at everything. There's not going to be the best at everything. And that's okay. That they can fail at some things or they can fail at many things because um, we all are given different gifts, mm-hmm. right? And so a child needs to learn this. It's going to be a lot easier for a child to learn it. And while it may be difficult then, they're going to learn that. And it's going to be easier for them as they grow up when they do face adversity because they'll be easier to recognize that, oh, this isn't my thing. Um, it's okay that I didn't do well at this. Yeah. I'm, I can excel over here or I can do better over here. And exactly. so yes. it's important that kids are able to practice decision-making. Yeah. Right? It's kids, and then that yeah, kind of definitely. shifts the burden to, to the Lord, like between like, uh, like say teenagers, especially when you're at that point is when you need to be, you know, starting to practice this decision-making and then, you know, that, then it becomes more between them and the Lord versus them and their parents. Yes. I mean, parents are still involved, but we want that transition to occur. Yes, no, totally. And I, it just as you're talking about giving personal responsibility, I, I can remember two different times where, uh, or letting your kids make the decision where both you and dad gave me a decision of something I did not expect because it seemed so contrary. One time when I was in high school and I needed you guys to make a note for something, and I was like, Dad, what do I do? I need the, to do this. Otherwise, like, I'll, I can't make up a test or something like that. And he said, just sign my name. I trust you. And it was mm-hmm. like, okay, so you trust me to not abuse this. And I was like, mm-hmm. of course. Mm-hmm. And another time I was actually much younger, there was a kid who made a fat joke about me. He was just trying to be funny, like not in mm-hmm. a mean way. Like me and him had like a kind you of a rapport. You weren't even fat when you were little. So I well, don't I was chubby. Understand. 
Hmm. When I was in, this was in sixth grade, and oh, okay. uh, and yeah, he we were all chubby in sixth grade. <laughs> uh, and this dude was kind of like the other. He was like the big athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was like me and him were like the two big guys in a mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. And me and him had a bit of rapport when it came to stuff like that. And he's like, "Oh no, Brian, you should have me go in front of you because I'm faster. You're kind of you're kind of fat." And he was just trying to be funny. He was totally mm. just gonna. He did not care at all. But you had just walked up and you heard him say that, mm. and you said, "Brian, punch him right now." <laughs> I don't even remember this. And then he looked at me like, is Brian about to punch me? And I, I was like, no, mom, I'm not going to do that. But it was just. Why it, would I do that? Uh, because like he did say something really mean, but he, you didn't catch on to him being sa- like sarcastic because you didn't know of him being a friend of mine. I don't think I said punch him right now. I probably said I would punch him right now. You, it sounded like a command to hit him. You may oh. not have said punch, but it was definitely. But it was. But what, what you did in that moment was I trust you enough to make a judgment call about whether or not you should hit someone who's bullying you. Hmm. And it was kind of like a, you trust me with the strength God gave me kind of moment. Hmm. And you essentially said, I trust your decision-making. And I, I, you know, I regret that. I mean, honestly, now I regret (laughs) if I said it like that, I shouldn't have said it like that. I would have said, Brian, are you going to accept that? Uh, I, that that <laughs> you might have said that too, because uh, I feel like when you said the way you just said that, but you said it much more angry. Maybe you had a bad day at work, but it, you you emphasize like you should hit him, <laughs> and this isn't to make you feel guilty. I, just, I really don't ever remember having you don't, and that, that's why to I was my children to hit somebody. That's else. why I was I so don't. surprised and why I distinctly remember it because it was such a, like did mom no, just I say, say that me saying. I would hit him right now. Like if uh, I were you kind of thing, like I would uh, so hit him, <laughs> which I probably would have. Uh, but it was the, the, even, yeah, it was kind of, you kind of messed up in a sense, but at the same time you encouraged my decision-making. And when I said, no, you said, okay. Okay. I don't find this story uh, edifying. At all. <laughs> it doesn't seem edifying, but it's raising up your children is trusting yeah. their choices well, and trusting, and- uh, their decision-making, their personal responsibility. Even when you said to do something that I didn't want to do, you mm-hmm. trusted me and you are, are now happy that I made the right choice. Well, and let this me also a, say yeah. parents get it wrong sometimes, you oh, know, definitely. like, like totally. And so, I, I mean, I think that's all, it's a good example. I mean, honestly, I would never advocate a parent sell a child that. Definitely uh, not. At this point in time. Um, so, and I really don't recall the situation, <laughs> but um you know, but it is a good point to remember that parents do make mistakes. And you know what? When we make mistakes, we apologize too. I'm sure I've done it numerous times. You, you apologized guys. on the way home. We got to explain the situation to you. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, I think we need to do that more often as parents do because sometimes parents feel like they're always right because they're the parent. Yeah. And it's like, that's just wrong because you know, we're he's still human and we still make mistakes. Parents mess up. Plenty. And totally. it, what's, uh, I'm trying to remember what the exact phrase is. There's like an idiom for it, but it's like, if as a parent, your child never remembers the millions of times you feed them, clothe them, love them. Mm. But the one time you say something mean to them, they'll never mm-hmm. forget. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. True. Yeah. And so it's, yeah. yeah, raising up a parent is, uh, raising up a parent, raising up a kid <laughs> is a parent. Have you raised is, up a parent, Brian? I have not. Huh. Uh, it's difficult. Uh, well, I think before we sign off, I wanted to share a couple quick Bible verses okay. myself. Okay. Uh, two of them are Proverbs. One uh, is Proverbs twenty two six: Train up a child in the way he should mm-hmm. go, and when he grows older, he will not abandon it. Uh, it just is. It's not meant to be an absolute promise, of course, by God, but it's this is 
God and through King Solomon advising us, if you raise a child the way he should go, if you treat him, if you train him to uh, know God, love God, love scripture, uh, and be saved, then he will not abandon his faith later in life, most of the time. Hmm. Uh, the another one, we kind of implicitly said this throughout this entire thing, uh, spare, the ro- spare the rod, spoil the child. Mm. But who loves their child is diligent to discipline them. Absolutely. And I firmly, firmly believe that. And you know what? And you know this, like I rarely ever, nor your dad, we, you did not get many spankings. I like, think I got like five or less over my right? entire life. And the same thing for Jake and Scott. And it's like, it's because we worked hard. I mean, it is hard being a parent. It's hard. It's hard to discipline. It's hard to go through that. It's hard to deal with the screaming, the whining, but you have to be consistent and you have to just do it over and over and over again. And honestly, it's going to make your life so much better when you're able to see your children be raised, become adults, be responsible adults and love the Lord. And I think both of those verses kind of summed up is actually one of, this is one of my favorite verses in all the old Testament. And one of my favorite verses overall, and that's Deuteronomy six, five. It's the great Shema. It's uh, this verse is supposed to be on like the doorpost of every Israelite or Hmm. something like that back in the old Testament. I don't remember the exact details, but it's quoted in the gospels. You shall love the Lord, your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. But a lot of people will read that, and then they'll forget the, like two verses later, and it says, and you should repeat this diligently to your children. Hmm. Uh, so it's saying, throughout, your, throughout raising your child, uh, mm-hmm. throughout their life, uh, mm-hmm. repeat, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, and your mm-hmm. strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's just so important, because that's, that's the central, what Jesus said, is the greatest commandment. It's the center of the faith. Absolutely. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to wrap this up then. And yeah, thank you, Brian, for your wisdom. I love to learn from my children. That's yeah. always awesome. And thank you for your input, Mama. I appreciate it. So for anyone who wants to um, contact us, if you have any ideas, suggestions, remarks um, questions. about this, questions about this podcast or any others, please uh, send us an email to realworldpod at gmail.com. And thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you guys.